Are you ready for the most ridiculous internet sports show you have ever seen? Welcome to React, home of the most outrageous and hilarious videos the web has to offer. So join me, Rocky Theus, and my co-host, Raiders Pro Bowl defensive end, Max Crosby, as we invite your favorite athletes, celebrities, influencers, entertainers in for an episode of games, laughs, and of course, the funniest reactions to the wildest web clips out there. Catch Reacts on YouTube, and that is Reacts, R-E-A-X-X. Don't miss it. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Regressing to the mean since 2015, it's the Hockey Pediocast. With your host, Dmitry Filipovich. Welcome to the Hockey PDO cast. My name is Dmitry Filipovich, and sitting across from me is, uh, is my good buddy Uwe Bodin. Uwe, what's going on, man? Hey, man. I'm really, really, really pleased to be in Vancouver, finally. This yeah. is my first time in BC, and I've been pretty much blown away by how beautiful this uh, province is. Yeah, and well, you got some sun right now, and yeah. uh, you're staying in a nice... We won't disclose the location, but you're staying in a nice little <laughs> hotel room, which we're recording in right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, so the World Juniors are obviously wrapped up. I um, recently did a podcast with Chris Peters where we did a summary of that and talked about the main storylines and so on and so forth. So if you're interested in that, go listen to it here. Um, Ufa and I this time are going to talk more about uh, the NHL. And I thought it'd be fun to do um, something about the All-Star Game because obviously it's coming up, I believe it's the last weekend of January. So it's in a couple weeks here. And recently the NHL released its preliminary, or I guess it's ballot, but obviously with injuries and you know Ovechkin sitting out and so on and so forth there's going to be different names cycling in and out but for the most part we've kind of got this year's all-stars um released and so you and I are going to kind of go team by team I usually do this I think last year I did it with Jonathan Willis two years ago I did it with uh, Mike Johnson so you're joining uh, Ooh, a select a, a select group <laughs> of uh, annual traditions for uh doing this doing this particular show but I think it'll be fun and, and I'm glad that we finally get to actually meet and do this in person you and I have done yeah. a couple of shows now over over Skype and through the miracle of uh, modern day technology, it, <laughs> exactly. it, it, you know, the That's time difference part. and the distance doesn't matter, yeah, it's but like, it's great to actually be able to kind of do this in face to face. now. Yeah, It's like 10 minutes since we actually met for the first time. And it feels like I've known you for years. Actually, well, so well, it's, well, we have for you. Yeah. I mean, we actually have for years. I mean, when was the, I, I think I came on your podcast for the first time, maybe uh, three years ago now or something yeah, like that. Probably. Like it's been a yeah. while. And, and so we've kind of done back and forth. I know you came on my show. Uh, maybe it's been a, it's been a while now. I'm, I'm glad I'm finally having you on. Cause obviously I had a uh, Jonathan Linquist on a couple times and you know he john's great but i don't i, I don't <laughs> want him stepping on your corner here I, you know you're 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 sort of the uh, the official suite of the hockey video guest oh that's nice to hear um okay so here's what i thought i would do um i thought we'd go team by team and i'm gonna list out who made it 
um, on All the right. actual ballot. And yeah. then you and I can kind of go back and forth and figure out if we agree with it or if we have any issues or. Sounds really good. Cool. Okay. Let's start with the Pacific division. You know, I, we usually get a, a lot of flack from hockey fans for, you know, East Coast bias. Everyone's talking about the Leafs all the time. This year on, on this show, we're here in Vancouver. We're going to do start off with the Pacific Division. West Coast bias. Do, exactly, yeah. yeah. Finally. Um, okay, we're going to go and have about a quarter here. We're going to start with the Ducks. Yeah, the Ducks. Wow. So they, they only had Jonathan, John, Jonathan Gibson. John Gibson. I don't know why I just call him Jonathan. Uh, John Gibson. Yeah, and he's pretty much their team right now, I guess. I yes. just I watched some of the Oilers game last night. Yeah. It was a disaster. Yeah. And I mean, he gave up, but he didn't have a great game himself. He probably gave up like four goals on like yeah. 20-something shots and that. But I, most of them were like just complete defensive breakdowns where they just left him out to dry. And yeah. you kind of see when he's not standing on his head and making miraculous saves, they have nothing to fall back on. No. And it's, it's no, it's, it's kind of sad to see like, because he's having, I think you wrote about that with ESPN, like how he's yeah. having a historically good season, but like if just the rest of the team did something for him like yeah just you know trying to prevent a scoring chance it's like uh no i, I feel he's I, I can't see anyone else even being close to me deserved. i think they have like three guys only that have scored more than 10 goals which is pretty yeah and one of them is pontus Alberg, who they got yeah. off waivers so, <laughs> exactly. and, and, you know he's, i like him a lot as a player and yeah. he's having a great season for them but i mean that's sort of I think he's literally their leading goal scorer, which goes to show how uh, how bleak it's been offensively there. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, they're missing Corey Perry and Patrick Eves, and Ra- Raquel's been gone for yep. a month. But but still, well, that's the thing. I think if you know, if, if um, I guess Raquel, even himself before, was kind of having a down season by his standards, and a lot of it was just you know the pucks weren't going in and his shooting percentage no, was like, down. I think he's exactly. playing fine, but he's yeah. not having that typical Ricard Raquel season. No, and his shooting percentage is often like yeah, way up there. Yeah. Now it's not. It's so. like cut in half. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I have some stats here, like John Gibson's, you know, he's first in the league and goals saved above average. Um, and for those that don't know that stat, it's basically if you put a league average goalie in his spot, how would they do based on the amount of shots and where the shots are coming from? So he's saved nearly 25 goals more than a league average goalie would have. Second best in the league is Yaroslav Halak at 12. <laughs> so he's been twice as good or twice as valuable as pretty yeah. much any other goalie in the league. Just given the Vecina trophy already. Yeah, maybe even honestly, I mean, Hard if they make trophy. the playoffs, he, I think he's going to be in a discussion for the heart just because of how valuable yeah. he's been. Um, yeah, I don't really have... Um, I was trying to figure out who else on that team. Andre Kasha, I wanted to give some love to. Yeah, I mean, because he missed like first. Well, that's the thing. He's only played twenty five games. Yeah, exactly. So he's he's a bit behind, but I think he's been perfectly fine since he came back, and obviously a really intriguing player. Yeah, I mean, he creates a lot with his speed, and and I think, you know, part of it is he in his own right is incredibly talented and fast, but it's also in compared to the rest of the team. Like when he's out on the ice, it kind of he stands out much more just because of what else is going on. Yeah, and you just look at the roster and see the names like Carter Rownies of the world, like. Oh yeah! I, I'm, I'm, it's just like a miracle that they're it's, even close to. I don't know if they're still in a playoff spot, but I know they were a few weeks ago. But now I think they lost like seven, eight straight or something. Yeah, no, they're hanging around there. I mean, that Pacific Division is is still a bit open, although yeah. um, you know at the top with Calgary, and, and we'll get into them coming up here. But with Calgary and San Jose and, and Vegas playing a lot better, it's yeah. um, it's gonna be know, tough. It's tough. Yeah, I know you're right. I'm actually before we before we keep going here, I, I wanted to. Um, you know, because we kind of breeze through that introduction. Um, do we care about this event? How do how do, oh. how, do, how do how do we feel about it overseas in, in Sweden? Do, do are people you know invested in it? Are they talking about it? Are they, are they staying up to watch it? Like, what's going on over there? I mean, usually it's been on 
you know pretty good times like it's true it's usually like early afternoon here so it's evening exactly so it's been it's been i mean you don't have to stay up all night to watch it and i think don't think a lot of people would but i mean as a lot of people mentioned i think it's a good thing for the kids and you know just i mean i i never been to one to an event myself but i talked to other journalists and they're obviously they probably like it because they can get together and drink yeah uh, but also like it it's a great opportunity to get like more one-on-one interviews that tend to be a bit deeper and mm-hmm. than the usual locker room yeah, stuff the players are a bit more relaxed because right? exactly. they have that like full weekend off to exactly. kind of unwind and so i think there's there's good things with it yep. and it's probably good like you get a break in the middle of the season to, for players to just reset so they can go away and go to the bahamas or whatever they do and just get like refuel themselves yeah, recharge the batteries yeah, exactly yeah. so um, but i mean as an adventure the skills competition can be fun at times if if players really uh you know do their thing yeah embrace it yeah. the game in itself or the games now nowadays than when they play the three on three i guess it's not really much fun well and the thing is is like i find it interesting because i you, i think you hit the nail on the head there like it's not really for us right no. like it, it is for the, for the younger uh fans and sort of getting them excited about it and showing a different side of the players and so on and so forth but i do find it funny like the people that say they don't care about it are the ones who are typically the most upset about whether their favorite player made <laughs> yeah. the team or not so it's kind of funny if like if you don't care why is it such a big deal who makes it on the team right but i do think like for our purposes as as journalists and and media members I always look at this stuff, and I feel this way more so about the individual awards at the end of the year, but I think the All-Star selections also count to this. I view it as a good kind of like historical time capsule where, you know, if you look back, let's say we're in 2025, and you look back a handful of years to 2018-19 season, you're trying to kind of jog your memory and remember what that year was like, who the best players were, sort of what the stories were. I would like for it to be kind of at least somewhat representative of what was actually happening. So when we're talking now about John Gibson and the season he's having and how valuable he's been, like I want stuff like that to be recorded through these ballots. So that's why when a guy's having a great season and he might be omitted, I think it's a bit unfair just because, you know, he might kind of get lost in time and and I want that to be recorded. Yeah, and and I think you had a podcast with um, Nick Mercadante where you talked about like how short of a lifespan the the goalie's peaks are. Like sometimes their peaks are, you know, just like two, they're three seasons. Gone. Yeah, that's it, yeah. yeah, they're gone before you even realize that that goal was actually good. So, uh, to your point, like in three years, John Gibson might he might have seen too much rubber and he might not be <laughs> the same goalie anymore. <laughs> that's true. Um, yeah. Well, the other, the other thing is, and it kind of complicates it because I was like going through the teams here and I was trying to, you know, come up with with who I would have had on the on the ballot, and then it kind of restricts us because they're very strict about how many players at each position they have, and also you want one representative at least for every team. And I get that. So, you know, the team can kind of no more young scouts. Wow. I mean, it's, and I remember, remember the year like Zemkis Gergensen's got, <laughs> had the, had the uh, online voting campaign and, and all that. And, you know, the stuff like that is, I think is a fun story ultimately. And I, I think, you know, some people will get offended by it and view yeah. it as it's, it's disrespectful to the game. And it's like, I think you're taking it a bit too seriously. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm sure those types of stories are, are things that people who aren't even necessarily big hockey fans might see it when they're watching yeah. sports center at night or something. Right. And then it's kind of like gives the leagues another sort of uh, mainstream uh, storyline for people to talk about, but it is kind of tough because there's certain teams and we're going to get into them here, especially in the Pacific division where it's like, I don't, I don't think yeah. they deserve a representative. I don't think they've done any, <laughs> like just because you, you're the best player on the worst team doesn't necessarily mean you're an all-star. In my no, opinion. no. And I guess, well, I guess the league just 
has to i mean they have to have someone from arizona and whatever but yeah. still well yeah, they want to yeah, like throw the, they want to throw the fan, fans a bone to be like exactly hey, here's your, here's your <laughs> yeah okay well let's get into the coyotes next oh, yeah. um because I, I had no one on their team you know clayton keller got the nomination for yeah. them and he's an exciting young player obviously and you know he's having a fine season i believe he's you know got like 30 points in 40 something games or something which is fine but i think I don't know, but Oliver Ekman Larson would have been the other possible guy, but like yeah, but he's, even, not, even having he's not having like an Oliver Ekman Larson no, season. Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, I think Antiranta would have been probably the most logic yep. guy, but but still, he's been hurt so much, and I think yes, he's still in IR, right? He's out for the season, I think. Oh, that bad? Wow. Yeah, well, that's pretty yeah, much yeah. their season. Then. It is, and it's super disappointing because I remember obviously he was great. Um, in a limited sample pretty much for the past couple of years. Yeah. And I remember at the end of last year, he was playing so well and, and the Coyotes were rattling off all those games after they'd already been eliminated. And I think everyone would kind of view them as the sexy uh, breakout pick. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, they, could, they could make some noise yeah. next year. And I think one of the caveats for that was Antti Ranta needs to play 55, 60 games for the first time exactly. in his career. And then unfortunately now we're not going to see that yet again. And, and, you know, he's getting, I mean, he's still young enough in his career and, and still, you know, injuries can be fluky. So it's quite possible that, you know, he plays 65 games next year and is awesome. But at this point, like you kind of need to see it before you can fully exactly. invest in it. Yeah. I think I had him like a dark horse for Vizina trophy yeah. just based on like, cause it's a small sample size as you mentioned, but still he, he's been putting up some incredible numbers. So it's, yeah, it's really disappointing. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know they have they have a thirtieth ranked five on five offense, so it's 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 yeah. tough. Where it's like generally for these um, for a list like this, we mostly favor the guys who are having awesome yeah. offenses. But I can see like for entertainment purpose, yeah. Like I don't know Michael Grabner or because yeah, you know, I he think just, he's injured too, right? Yeah, he yeah. he got a, something in his eye, I think. Yeah. So so he looked really bad. But uh, like or Brad Richardson because they played so great. Uh, you know, on wait, the, did you just say did kill. you say you would put Brad Richardson in this tournament for yeah, uh, why not? for excitement like, purposes? <laughs> 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 no, but I think like uh, but I think like a guy like Grabner at least like the speed he has like on, yeah. on a three oh, or three sure. he can yeah. be pretty entertaining to watch. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Are you? Uh, are you going to break news on the hockey video cast that you're representing Brad Richardson as his agent now? Or? Uh, no comment. <laughs> um, okay, let's. Uh, we'll do the Calgary Flames here. So let me let me pull it up. I think I think Johnny Goodrell was the only player from the Calgary Flames. Yes, he's the only representative of them, which I was oh, surprised really? by because they are obviously you know they have a couple games in hand or have played a couple more games than some of the Central yeah, Division teams, but think, they're currently first in the West. Yeah, could that be because San Jose? San Jose is three, and they're the host. Yeah, and they got three right: Burns, Carlson, and Pavelski. Mm-hmm. So I think that they might be a victim of that because there's like I could probably mention four guys worthy of playing in the All Star game from that team. Well, I guess that's also why. Um you know, that's why it, it kind of does, um, you know, tie our hands a little bit when you have to have one guy from each team. Because exactly. obviously, like we just said, if you're not bringing anyone from the Coyotes, that probably opens up a more deserving spot to someone from a team like the Flames. And yeah, I mean, Johnny Goodrow, you know, he's um, he had 11. I tweeted this. He had 11 points in four games last week. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's more points than James Neal has this season on oh, the Flames, um, which obviously, you know, it's 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 unfair Um you know, James Neal's having a bad season. I don't need to rub it in anymore, but it speaks to just how dominant Johnny Goodrow's been. He's, 
I don't even know. Yeah, he's up to 62 points in 43 games for the year. He's tied fourth. But I think even more so than that individual scoring, which is obviously amazing, is you see sort of the effect he has as a playmaker on a guy like Elias Lindholm this yeah. season, right? Where he, Elias Lindholm is already in the 20s in goals. already. Yeah, he's already points. surpassed like his career best in, in both pretty goals much and every points. And we're only right? halfway through the season. So there you go. Like, uh, obviously, I think, I think Elias Lindholm has always had like another level in himself mm-hmm. but i think you know playing with a guy like gudro is obviously gonna help him you know just get better so well and that's the tricky thing because i i remember obviously he had so much last in home that had so much hype coming into the league and obviously he was part of that amazing draft class with mckinnon yeah. and Druen and monahan and and all those guys right and barkov and i think we kind of take it take it for granted sometimes because He's just been around for so long now that I think a lot of people kind of wrote him off a little bit just because he sort of settled into that like 15 goal, 40 ish point yeah. range in, in Carolina. But then you lose sight of the fact that like he's still only 24 years old or something, I believe. Like he came into yeah. the league so young that you see that for four or five, six years, and all of a sudden you just think that's the player he's always going to be. Where, you know, now it's conceivable that he's kind of hitting this like physical prime where. He's con- he, the skills and the strength and the smarts are all at their absolute highest. And obviously playing with, with Johnny Goodrow helps quite a bit. And he's getting he's clearly getting scoring chances yeah. that he never got in Carolina. And not getting to play for Carolina because I don't know what's wrong there, but their offense never seems to click. So no yeah. matter how many scoring chances they get. So I don't know like what's wrong there, but that's probably a, another discussion to have. But uh, I feel like you know players that get away from that, they suddenly start to score. So, well... Yeah, I mean, you look at, um, I mean, obviously, this, the year Jeff Skinner's having in Elias Lindholm, and, yeah. you know, Carolina's been so starved for offense that they could obviously use those guys. But I think it's kind of also unfair to say that they would have been having these seasons if they had stayed in Carolina, because obviously, you know, they don't get to play with Jack Eichel and Johnny Goodrow. <laughs> exactly. So that kind of makes a bit of a difference. Guess, yeah, I guess that's a fair point. Um, so, okay, on my list, I, I had, um, I think we had got to have Mark Giordano. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big list. Giordano fan myself. I, c- I could see him win Norris this year. Oh, I, I mean, I saw our friend Linus uh, put out his list of uh, individual yeah. awards, and I know the NHL team and his podcast is pretty, uh, it's pretty high on, on on Giordano. Do you think he's got a case for the Norris this year? Yeah, obviously his numbers are a bit inflated due to the power play time he might not have gotten while they had uh, Doggy Hamilton on yep. the team. But but I still think like he's um, he's good in his in both ends. Like his underlying numbers has always been really steady. So why not? I mean. Uh, I think there are a few other guys that deserve mention, but I, I feel definitely that he should be on an all-star team de- yeah. based on what he's done this season. Well, that's the thing. I mean, if you have a team that's leading the Pacific Division currently first in the West, I feel like having only the one representative is, you know, we, we do, obviously these are individual awards, but it's like if a team is, has been that good and they've been scoring so many goals, like yeah. you, you figure that you're going to have at least more than one or, one or two guys who are going to be yeah, that's true. Deserving of that. I actually have a um, a third guy on this list for the Flames. Sean Monahan? Nope. David Riddick. Oh, yeah. I have him as um, as one of the two goalies. Um, you know, I think the league does want to have two goalies per division, obviously, here. Yeah. Um, just so that the one guy is not playing in, in all of the games. Or, uh, so who's the, the other goalie? Uh, well, Marc-Andre Fleury is the Mark, second oh, Pacific yeah. Division goalie. And, okay. and, you know, he's been a lot better, and we're going to get into that a bit yeah. later. But... Um, 
you know, I think you look at David Riddick, he's only got the 24 games because obviously he sort of, at the start of the year, they thought Mike Smith was going to be the number yeah. one there. And he's really wrestled that job away from him. And he's got a 921 save percentage. I mean, he's second in the league in, in that uh, goal saved um, above average metric that I mentioned at 5 yeah. five, just behind John Gibson. So he's been remarkable. And, and obviously, uh, you know, as a 26-year-old who has very limited NHL experience, I'm not sure how much to buy into that or, or whether he can sustain over the full year. But if we're sort of just commemorating what happened in the first half of this season, I think David Riddick has probably been the second most valuable goalie in the Pacific Division, which is a crazy thing to say, but yeah. also speaks to how bad some of the other performances from some of these other teams are going to get into have been. Yeah, and Mike Smith, he's Mike Smith. Like, he's very up and down, and I, I know we had a rough start this I think it's been mostly down this season. Yeah, I yeah. I, I remember, like, a few, uh, maybe a month ago, I just scrolled through, like, the goal list, and he was, like, way, way down in terms of say percentage five on five so uh yeah uh i i can't imagine like the flames would have been first overall in the pacific unless uh, riddick had played it yeah. like the way he did so I, I think you're 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 onto something there yeah and then obviously i mean you know with monahan and kachuk and lindholm like you could yeah you could really make a case that this team should have three or four guys similar to you know when we get into the tampa bays of the world and so on and so forth yeah, just because true. they've been so dominant offensively um the edmonton oilers <laughs> How do we feel about uh, Connor McDavid being their representative? Well, I mean, uh, that's uh, young Gibson territory, I guess. Yeah. Like, uh, the, if there's, uh, we're talking Hart Trophy and, you know, just player that, I mean, I don't know if, if even Connor McDavid is going to be able to carry this train wreck, but I mean, he's doing his best. So I have a question for you. So, because obviously the, uh, the Oilers visited your neck of the woods at the start of the season yeah. this year. Um has his popularity reached the level that you know his actual individual greatness is even overseas just from the perspective of like when the Oilers were there was he as big of a rock star as some of the other maybe less talented Swedish players that were on both teams I think so yeah Yeah. he's he's getting noticed a lot for sure and we actually uh me and my company had a a trip to Edmonton where we brought Swedes Swedish travelers to to Edmonton Mm -hmm. to see three Oilers games and we we got like 25 people that wanted to come and I think like most of them were excited just the chance to see Conor McDavid play for three games and I think that's that's the takeaway from this like every time he's on the ice you know he's gonna electrify you in some way just just you can just there's so few players that I've experienced uh, during my time doing this. Like that, every time that player is on the ice, you just you just peel your eyes on him and just wait for something to happen. Like that, it's very uncommon. So, I mean, he's a special player, obviously, and <laughs> and he's uh, probably the most deserving of a spot here. Well, you know what's funny at the start of the season, um, because last year obviously he he led the league in scoring and he had such an awesome season, but. Yeah. If anything, like, you know, the, the Oilers power play was such a mess without with Clefbaum out of the lineup and yeah. injured even when he was playing. And um, I said, I, I kind of posed this idea on Twitter that, you know, if his power play numbers got a bit better, he could even get like 125 points or something like that this yeah, year, absolutely. which would have seemed crazy. And he's on pace for 125 points. I just didn't realize that other guys in the league would also be <laughs> on pace for that right like i like i just i don't think anyone in their right mind saw this type of offense this season coming from mckinnon and rantanen and kucherov and goodrow and so on and so forth yeah and marner oh, and, and, and so a lot of those guys are matching him now so it's kind of like just because all these other guys are putting up such impressive point totals if and because the oilers obviously have been so disappointing it feels like mcdavid's individual greatness is being overshadowed a little bit and and it, it seems weird to say, but I feel like as a collective, we probably don't even appreciate just how 
insanely good he is enough just because of everything else that's going on around him but no exactly i think was it like 53 percent of doiler's goals and he had a hand in that yeah. I, i don't know now i think he only had one goal against the oh, ducks last night but but still it's uh it's mind-boggling like i, I can't believe it i think uh what we should like do we need to have uh leon dreisaitl on this list as well because obviously i mean you know he's got 23 goals and 52 points in 42 games and Yeah, he's been perfectly fine, but I don't know how much. So he's been back and forth between being the second line center and playing with McDavid. But obviously, as, as soon as he plays with McDavid, the point seems to pile up. So yeah, yeah, I believe he's played uh, you know somewhere between like fifty and sixty percent of his five on five minutes have been with McDavid, yeah. and obviously he's been great with him. But at the same time, whenever he's been on his own line, the numbers just completely crash, as you mentioned, and so yeah. it's kind of tough to. On the one hand, like he's putting up the points and he looks great when he's playing with McDavid. Yeah, exactly. but it's like, you know, we we also saw Alex Chasson score like be on pace for thirty <laughs> something goals playing with Connor McDavid. So it's, it's kind of tough to know like how much credit to give to him and how much it's like okay, well, literally anyone on this planet could probably have a great season playing next to Connor McDavid, except Milan Lucic. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, what happened there last year? It's it's amazing. Like he scored what was it ten goals? Yeah. Well, they believe he's got what, like one or two this year or three. Yeah, like. yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty sad. Um, yeah, and I think Ryan Nugent Hopkins has also had a great year. But I, like, like I said, I think if we're if you're picking, like, I'd rather have a couple of the Flames guys than yeah, um, all of these non Connor McDavid Oilers, just because of you know, if you're all things being equal, the Flames have been so much better. Um, the Kings, so they have Drew Doughty. I think I'm not sending anyone from the Kings. I uh, think this is purely like I don't think people have even really recalibrated for what Drew Doughty or the Kings have done this year. It's one of those like name brand things where they just go, Oh, Drew Doughty, of course he's got to be on the all-star team. Yeah. I mean, both him and Anzi Kopitar has been kind of underwhelming by their standards, yeah. but I mean, so it's hard when the rest of the team is just caves in obviously, but still, no, I, I would be perfectly fine without anyone from the Kings being there. Do you want to hear the, one of the most mind boggling stats this season? So the, the Kings haven't cracked a hundred goals yet. I think they've played. Oh. They were over 40 games. The Lightning in one fewer game have 176 goals. <laughs> so it's um, yeah. I think the talent disparity there is. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. No, the, the things got bad in a hurry for the Kings. I guess we saw this coming with all the aging players and yeah. the contracts they have. But it looks like it's going to be a few bleak years before they can turn it around. Yeah, yeah. They're 30th in the standings, 27th in goal differential. It's uh, they've by any measure been one of the worst five teams in the league and yeah no let's not let's not let's, send let's anyone move, to let, San Jose. Yeah, yeah okay I'm, i'm i'm in agreement there so yeah that's opening some spot for the flames guys um getting tickets online can be far too complicated with hundreds of websites and varying levels of reliability it's ultimately hard to know who to trust out there and that's why sea geek's the way to go because they do all the work for you by pulling millions of tickets in one place so you can easily find the seats you're looking for for a price you're willing to pay There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek's going to get you closer to their action for a great value. SeatGeek's designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever before. By searching multiple ticket sites and creating every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every price is fully guaranteed, so that you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence knowing that what you're paying for is what you get. 
I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and as I alluded to on one of the most recent episodes with Chris Peters, I used it to go and watch the semifinal between Switzerland and Finland as a fan last weekend. And um, while unfortunately the game itself was pretty one-sided and Finland took control early and it didn't make for the greatest viewing experience, I ultimately couldn't complain because the seats that I got were so reasonably priced on SeatGeek that it was still a great value and I still ultimately had a good time. So as my listener, um, you can take advantage of that and actually get an extra 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase all by just downloading the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code PDO today. That's promo code PDO for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, the Canucks. So Elias Patterson. Yeah, for sure. So I tweeted this on Saturday. I was watching the uh, Canucks and Leafs game on Saturday night on Hockey Night in Canada. And I tweeted, you know, Connor McDavid, I think, is number one on this list. I think Elias Pettersson has a good case to be number two in the sense of um, guys who are the most valuable for their team's watchability. Yeah. Like when Elias Pettersson's in playing and in the lineup, I think people are flocking over to, to Canucks games to see what he's going to do, to see, you know, just... They want to be part of the experience. Yeah. And without him in the lineup, like, I think they're lig- literally the 31st team I'd I'd pick for. Like, if I had my pick of watching any team on any given night, I yeah. think I'd rather watch even the Kings than the Canucks yeah. without Lars Pedersen. Yeah, and I guess, I mean, not only has he been that good, but also, like, as you mentioned, like, the entertainment value from a guy like that, just the, the things he can do with the puck, like... It's, I'm, I've watched him for a few years now and I'm still amazed because like you look at his skating and it looks kind of I don't know right it doesn't look really good but then you see what he does with the puck and how he just deeks guys it's, uh, it's uh, yeah and I'm, I'm still in shock that he's been able to do what he's doing in, in his first NHL season he was dominant in Sweden last year but to go from that to do the same thing pretty much in the NHL that's I don't know if we in Sweden if we've seen anything like that since peter forsberg basically yeah well it's kind of tough to um because obviously you know he's not i mean he's a rookie but he's in his draft plus one season yeah. so he's a bit more mature and and you know he was playing in a pro league against grown men exactly. whereas some of his peers were playing in major junior or, or, or whatever right but at the same time um you know with all due respect to the swedish ho- elite league uh swedish hockey league it's it's an entirely different animal to come over to the NHL and, oh, and, yeah. and replicate that success or even go above and beyond and, and, and be even more productive as yeah. he's been. So, yeah, I know. I mean, like, did you, um, when he was playing last year, did you get to watch him at all over there? Because obviously, I think, like, Canucks fans here were very excited, but I think it was a lot of, uh, you know, watching YouTube highlights and, and yeah. seeing box scores as opposed yeah, to actually watching, tuning into his games. It's pretty funny. Like, every other week I had a, <laughs> had a radio station from Vancouver calling me to talk about the latest uh, from Elias Pettersson. Yeah. So you could tell, like, the Canucks were having a really bad season because they were more interested in what was happening with a guy in Sweden than with the, their own team. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I think uh, last year was was pretty pretty much devoted to uh, I mean Brock Besser had had a yeah. stretch there where yeah. he was scoring goals every night but otherwise it was a lot of like you know enjoying the box scores that Elias Pettersson was putting up and kind of daydreaming of the day that he'd come over and, and the fact that he's actually lived up actually exceeded the hype yeah that's that's the, the amazing yeah because I, I was like people were asking me so do you think he can score 100 points in his first season and I'm like whoa whoa take it easier like he's a he's a 20 year old kid yeah for crying out loud but no, it's like now we just feel like the sky's the limit for him. Like, and especially if the Canucks keep getting better, I mean, they're going to get Quinn Hughes and probably some other young players coming up. So they have a bright future now. 
Well, that's the thing, especially if they can get some defensemen who can, you know, get him the puck quicker in transition. And so you can get, you can kind of get a head start as opposed to having to do it all himself. Um, Yeah, obviously, uh, no one else on the Canucks is is deserving. No Jay Beagle? No Jay Beagle. Man, it's amazing. Um, You know, I joked about this. I I believe I had Tyler Dello on the podcast um, right after July 1st, right after free agency, and I kind of, you know, joked, but it's actually come come to be true. And, and, you know, Jay Beagle's obviously been injured, so part of that is the reason why. But it's like the Capitals let Jay Beagle come to the Canucks for this big contract, and then they just poached Nick Dowd from the Canucks fourth line yeah. and put him into Jay Beagle's role. And Nick Dowd's been like three times as productive as Jay Beagle yeah. this season for like one tenth of the price. So yeah, well, good times. Good, good for Jay Beagle. I mean, he has had a long career and yep. he finally gets, gets his money, I guess. But, uh, for the Canucks, I don't, I can't see what good it would do. Yeah. Um, okay. The sharks. So they have, they have the three, um, yeah, guys here with yeah. Burns, Carlson and Pavelski and, and they're the hosts. So I think obviously that kind of plays into it a little bit as well. And, you know, at the start of the year, they, I think people were kind of disappointed or, or underwhelmed by how they were playing, and they've been a lot better lately. And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see them end the year as good as Calgary's been as uh, the number one team in the Pacific Division. And I think they're still probably the best team, even though it's not reflected in the standings. But yeah, I mean, it's tough to... I mean, with Browns and Carlson, I mean, obviously, by pretty much any measure, they've been two of the best, you know, handful of defensemen in terms yeah, of every Carlson offensive is, category. Yeah, uh, finally getting the bounces, too. I think his PDO was a joke in early in the season, yeah. and they were people were kind of sculling him for not doing enough. But I think, obviously, it takes some time to get used to a new system. I mean, he was in Ottawa for, what, 10, 10 years mm-hmm. or something? So uh, it seems like uh, the transition is going better and better. And I actually, I read somewhere, like, he has points in 12 straight games and that's like a club record for yeah. some, and some for of them sharks, are like multi-point so. games too yeah exactly so uh and pavelski was also uh, he's an interesting situation with it with becoming a free agent this summer it's, it's yeah. hard like he's what 35 or something this year i think it turns 35. he's i don't know if he's that old but he's young definitely in his 30s. <laughs> he's, he's definitely yeah young joe pavelski's definitely in his 30s which yeah. is uh yeah I, I, he might by the day the time he retires he, he might still be young young Joe Pulaski. yeah exactly <laughs> no but you're right and he's a captain obviously and, yeah. and so and he's been great he means a lot I think to he's up to 25 goals now right 25 goals I think he's shooting over 20% which oh. is alarming um, but no you're right and, and obviously I think the Sharks team has kind of shown that you know I don't think Doug Wilson is particularly worried about the future like I feel like he's looking to win a Stanley Cup with his core yeah. And then kind of like Dean Lombardi, he's going to be making his exit on stage, stage right, and, and, yeah. and, and get out of town um, and let yeah. someone else pick up the pieces of that mess. Because, I mean, you look at the contracts, right, with Burns and yeah. Vlasic, and especially if they re-sign Eric Carlson this summer, and the Couture, and so on and so forth. Like, a lot of these guys are going to be in their mid to late 30s while they're still making lots, lots of money. money. Yeah. And similar to what we're seeing with the Kings and the Blackhawks, eventually they're gonna pay the price for that and probably suck for a couple of years yeah. um but, I guess it's, but if they if they win a cup like those two teams yeah, have i'm sure exactly. no one will care but if they don't oh my well that's God. the problem and they had that one obviously stanley cup uh, final appearance yeah. against the penguins and that was a great story but you're right they, they sort of need to uh to validate this think, otherwise yeah, it's gonna be pretty this rough. is the year i mean as you mentioned the pacific division being so weak and we saw what vegas did last year they got you know uh while nashville and uh, and winnipeg they just went head to head and just clobbered each other like uh, yeah. vegas got a pretty smooth ride and just got to pick up the pieces that were left of the jets and so i think if the sharks could do the same obviously calgary is a threat but but i think they they could be a finalist this year well 
Yeah, I mean, when's the last time the Sharks weren't good? Like, uh, like yeah, it's I mean, been. Yeah, I would think they missed over playoffs. fifteen years. <laughs> one one year, yeah, they but did. Yeah, that's but it. It was kind of like a you know yeah. a blip on the radar. Otherwise, like it's a testament to uh, you know how consistent they've been and, yeah. and how many good players they've had for so long. But yeah, it'll eventually come to an end. I think I'd actually. I'd probably have Logan Couture over over Pavelski um, mm, if I was picking a yeah. one other representative. I think you know he's been a bit better at five on five. Um, Pavelski a lot. It, so here's the problem with with the All Stars because Pavelski I think has 25 goals or something. Right. And so by any, it doesn't really matter whether he's been lucky or not. Like him it's, and the Sharks get credit goals. for those 25 yeah. goals. So with the All Stars, we're not necessarily trying to figure out what they're going to look like in the second half of the season. We're reflecting what they've done so far, right? Yeah. So Pavelski, I think, has been a bit fortunate. A lot of it's power play production. A lot of it is a shooting percentage, but he still has a 25 goals. Yeah. But I think like if you strip that and you just look objectively at who's been sort of forcing their own uh, success a little bit more, it's probably Couture, I think, has been probably the more valuable player to them. So yeah. I'd probably have him over it. But I mean, I'm not going to quibble with it too much. Like I think I think it's fine. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe, like, I don't know about the fans, but if you're a Shark fan, like, I guess having your captain on the ice for the All-Star game yeah. in San Jose might yeah. be a thing, too. Uh, I think so. I think so. I don't know who's who's the more popular player up there, but... I think probably Pavelski. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's been there his whole career, so... Yeah, well... Uh, well, Couture has, too, but he's been around much <laughs> yes, longer. Yes, yeah. No, well, young Joe Pavelski. Um, yeah, Carlson... I did want to mention um, <clears throat> 57.6% shot share on the ice, right? Five on five, 50, 56.5 expected goals. I mean, when Carlson's been out there, I'm, you know, they're not scoring as much. I think his actual goals for is like 52%, which is still obviously very good. Yeah. But like, you know, the goaltending behind him has been very shaky. And as you mentioned at the start of the year, some of the bounces offensively weren't going his way. But yeah, I mean, when he's on the ice, the Sharks are the best team in the league. Yeah, and, basically. Uh, so. He's been pretty good. Yeah. So could you see him win Norris? Or? No, I, I can't see it just because, I mean, obviously if he keeps up this, that, that stat you mentioned the past 12 games or whatever, if he keeps piling up, the points. Piling up ridiculous yeah. points, but I think like he fell behind so much and the expectations for him are so high. It's yeah. kind of like we were talking about with McDavid, it's a little bit unfair where he's reached such great heights already that for people to be impressed, like he yeah, needs to do even more. Yeah. And like, it's almost humanly impossible at this point for him to be better than he's been in those peak Ottawa years. So as good as he's been so far, I think people are going to gravitate towards Mark Giordano or Morgan Riley or John Carlson or some of these other defensemen that are having equally good, even slightly worse seasons, but just because they've never really done it before like that, people are more excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can never downplay the surprise factor there. For sure. Um, Okay. Let's, let's finish off the uh, Pacific division here with the gold Knights. So Mark Andre Fleury got the bid for them. You know, he's up to nine, 12 save percentage for the year, um, which is, a testament to how good he's been lately because at the start of the year he was doing incredibly poor I yeah. he was sub 900 otherwise like there hasn't i think they're a really good team um you know they, they were a bit unlucky at the start of the year compared, yeah. especially compared to how fortunate they were exactly. last year um and you know the nature was out of the lineup at the start and they've had some injuries but i think they're a really good team and really well-rounded the problem is like it's kind of a, a bit of a team effort like there isn't yeah it, it... I don't think there's anyone that sticks out really. Like William Carlson is having a good season, but obviously not as obviously. I think we expect him to to take a yeah a turn down, and I guess he has. So uh, no, I can't see like Marcheseau too. He's been injured, and Pacioretty's been injured. 
No, there's no one that really sticks out to me. I mean, Alex Tuck has been probably the most. He's a leading scorer. Right? Oh, really? Oh, okay, no. yeah, yeah. He's been he's been really good, but I, I don't think he's like all star level player. Yeah, and H Mid, I think he's probably arguably their most impactful player. Yeah. But you know, he only he he's only played the 25 games. He was suspended to start the year, and yeah, he kind of they kind of turned it around when he came back. Yeah, right? I mean, he's awesome. Like pretty much whenever he's in the ice, yeah. even dating back to Washington, his teams just do significantly better than otherwise. So yeah, and like in a year or maybe even this season, they're gonna have Eric Brownstrom, and that's gonna be really. Oh boy, he's he's as you say. I think Canada, that's the most excited you've been. So I mean, we've talked about yeah, Eric Carlson. We've yeah, talked I'm about so excited about Connor McDavid. But I, the, the, the light in your eye that I just yeah. saw when you started talking about Eric Branson, you got fired up there. Yeah, I really like Eric Branson. Not only because he's a Swede, but just <laughs> the way he plays, he's so he's so much fun. To give watch. us a, give us a little scouting report. What, what should we expect from Eric Branson? Well, just whenever he's on the ice, he's just you know going forward 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 mm-hmm. and he want, wants to make things happen all the time maybe he forces to play a bit sometimes but just the way uh just the drive he has it's it's incredible to see and yeah i'm, I'm really i'm really looking forward to seeing him in the nhl yeah no i am, I am as well obviously I, I think you know he almost made the team out of camp this year yeah i mean well with with um which made out i think he was made out close. and shea theodore was holding out for his contract right, right? right. And, and he signed that very late in the game but i, I think there was a time there where we thought Brandstrom might actually make the team and he's probably I mean young defensemen generally kind of get a raw deal like they don't get to play no. as much and if they make a mistake they get benched but he's or, probably talented enough to be one of their six, yeah. six starting defensemen right he's now. an AHL all-star that's a good start I guess he's pretty good yeah he looked he looked pretty good in the in the world juniors as well um yeah with, with William Carlson you know he's got uh he's got 15 goals in 45 games and that's yeah pretty he's a, good. He's like, he's 30 he scores, goal scorer, he scores 30 goals like I think he's gonna get paid yeah. Very nicely. Obviously, not it's not forty three goals that he had last year, but no, but still, you know, his shooting percentage is down from what twenty three point four to fifteen point eight, and I think this is pretty sustainable for him. And so, if he's yeah. going to be a proven thirty goal guy for the next couple of years to come, like that's a that's, incredibly valuable player with yeah. the defensive value he provides that's as well, right. and he'll get paid pretty handsomely. Yeah, yeah, I'm all on board for the William Carlson contract extension. The wild, <laughs> the wild Bill. Yeah, the wild Bill. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, he's Why did really, he get that nickname? Uh I don't know. Like, I, I guess it has something to do with, with his hair um, mm. and his personality. Uh, Is he he's, wild? No, he's not wild, but he's a really funny, goofy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he uh, you know, he can be pretty boring in view from time to time, but as soon as like he is, he get a couple beers in him. Oh yeah, yeah. I like to be, <laughs> I like to be there when he gets a few beers. That's for sure. <laughs> um, okay, let's uh, let's take a quick break here from a sponsor, and then we're gonna. We're firmly now in that uh, New Year's resolution period of the year, and if you're like myself, most of those goals typically revolve around uh, making better decisions. So you're looking better, you're feeling better, you're making smarter financial decisions, so you've got more money in your pocket. And if that does apply to you, and that is the case, uh, let me tell you a little bit about Harry's Razors, because they've created this bundle now to uh, start 2019 off the right way and help push you in the right direction and help you achieve some of those goals. Um, I think the most important part about them is the actual uh, nitty-gritty uh, aesthetic physical component of it because they really are designed to help you take better physical care of yourself. Harry's products have won tons of awards, including the 2018 Esquire Grooming Award, and it's because of that that they're going to help keep you looking and feeling great. 
Uh, I use Harry's razors all the time. And my personal favorite thing about it is that, um, you know, just a comfortable shave after you're done, you're not going to have any of those nasty cuts, nicks, bruises, razor burns. You really are going to be looking and feeling your best. And hopefully, um, you're going to test it out yourself and to kind of incentivize it. Harry's is creating this trial offer for you that you can claim at harrys.com slash PDO. But let me tell you a little bit more about them before, in case you aren't fully convinced. Harry's founders were tired of paying up for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. They knew a great shave doesn't necessarily need to come from gimmicks like vibrating heads, flex balls, or handles that look like spaceships. Those are all tactics the leading brand has used over time to help raise prices for years and take advantage of you as a consumer. And so Harry's has gone out and fixed that by combining a simple, clean design with quality, durable blades at a fair price. Their replacement cartridges are just two bucks each, and so that means they've gotten rid of the op charges and really cut the price in pretty much half. And they also have a 100% quality guarantee. So if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So to get in on this and get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave, which includes a weighted ergonomic handle, a five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. As my listener, just go to harrys.com slash PDO to redeem that trial set. Make sure you go to harrys.com slash PDO to redeem your offer and let them know that I sent you to help support the show. It'll have you looking and feeling your best to start 2019 off on the right foot. Now, let's get back to the show. I think we're going to have to rapid fire this. We're, we're 40 minutes in and we've talked about the least, oh, the least exciting division so far. <laughs> okay. Um, let's, yeah, let's rapid thr- fire through the central division. Um, the Blackhawks, Patrick Kane, you know, he's seventh in points with 54 and 43. Um, he has to be on this team. I just didn't want to reward anyone like the similar to what we were saying about with the Kings, like the Blackhawks have been a bit more exciting to watch just because uh, their goaltending has been so bad that they've yeah. kind of had more of these high scoring back and forth games. But I mean, sheesh, minus 31 goal differential in, in 44 games. Like, yeah, that one is tough. I mean, they, they lack so much right now. I mean, even even though I mean, Jonathan Taves is having a perfectly good season, mm-hmm. which he hasn't had for a while, yep. and finally getting some of the bounces. But still, it's like him and Kane, and and I think Dylan Strom has been perfectly fine since since yep. he came over. But there's not a whole lot to be to be well, happy about. The one th- good thing I'll say, and and we we saw this in the World Juniors quite a bit. Like they've clearly uh, made a point of investing in their in their blue line. Yeah. In the past couple of drafts, I think. Their first two picks each of the past two years were defensemen. Yeah, Yoki Haru and Boquist. And we saw Yoki Haru, we saw Boquist, um, Ian Mitchell on, on Team oh, Canada, right, yeah. um, Nicholas Bodan as well, who, who who wasn't in the World Juniors, but he was also a first-rounder for them last year. And so I think there's something to be excited about there because for the past couple of years, it's been such an aging blue line. Yeah. And, you know, for so long, it was Keith and Seabrook, and now they're shells of the players they once were. Yeah. And so the fact that there's like another wave, we'll see if those guys actually develop into something. But you know, I think so far so good. I think everyone's pretty optimistic, especially about uh, Yokoharu and and, and Boquist. So I think there's reasons for relative optimism that at least that area of the yeah. game will become better for them. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, they they got some interesting pieces up front. I mean, Alex DeBrincat is looks like he's going to be scoring a lot of goals for the next ten years or whatever, and yep. uh, a few other young guys. But um, it's they're still stuck with the Seabrook contract for a very long time, and that's going to be a tough one to swallow. You know what's interesting? Their best defenseman by a mile this year has been Eric Gustafson. Yeah. And, you know, that's obviously relative <laughs> because there's not much else com- no. competition-wise around him, but he's been legitimately good. And yeah. What I like a lot is, you know, last year he was sort of like a bit of a fancy stats darling yeah. where 
his underlying numbers were great, but then no one really knew about him. You know, he wasn't a highly regarded prospect by any means, and he'd never really put up the offensive numbers in the NHL. So people were like, oh, Eric Gustafson kind of, you know, take your your Corsi numbers and shove them. But (laughs) now he's on their top unit power play. He's playing top pairing minutes, and all of a sudden, I I imagine he, I haven't checked, but he probably leads their defenseman in scoring. Like he's, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah, I think it's good for him, like that. Jeremy Colleton became the coach because I know he, uh, I know Colleton was the one who, because he was, because he played in NHL for, for like uh, half a season or something. And yep. then the next season, he, I don't think he was called up once, but he got to play under Colleton and, you know, in regained NHL, yeah. his, his confidence. And I think he's, he's another player now. And yeah, he's, he, he's looking really good. I saw him a bit uh, during the World uh, Championships in Copenhagen last year, and he, he looked like he was had taken a big step in his development. So it's it's going to be interesting to follow. Yeah, no, I like him quite a bit. Um, okay, let's Colorado. You know, McKinnon and Ranton and speak for themselves. Yeah. They've, they've been in the top five and scoring pretty much all year. Um, I think the question here is: Do we um, do we also give Gabe Landeskog? Um, credit for the year he's had or or is it one of those things where it's like mckinnon and randon have been so good that he's been a bit fortunate just to be playing with them yeah both i think he i think he like feels uh, an important role playing with those guys mm-hmm. i mean he's uh he's a workhorse he's, he's uh, really good defensively and i think he um i think he creates space for those guys just by being a ferocious four checker and, and stuff like that so but obviously when it comes to skill and i mean you gotta give the other guys credit so i like landeskog for a lot of reasons but i think uh, it's pretty clear that it's mckinnon's and ranton this year yeah and especially with some of the other forwards in this division i think um yeah it's kind of tough right like right with the winnipeg guys coming up and, and so on and so forth it'll be it'll be tricky to get him in there but obviously i wanted to give him a bit of love because i think sometimes we we do dismiss um, guys who play with great players, and, yeah. I, and I guess we, you know, we just talked about how Leon Draisaitl might should probably shouldn't make the All Star team because he gets to play with Connor McDavid. So I guess it kind of yeah, it's, it's counterintuitive it's to what I just said right yeah. now about Landeskog. But like, I think it's very easy to dismiss the twenty something goals he has this year just because he's playing with those two guys. But you know, he clearly adds yeah. something, I mean, and I, I like that point you make about um, creating more space for those guys, yeah. both with the forecheck, but also just. You know he's such a he's such a physical presence and he's he's so ferocious and tenacious out there that um, the other team kind of has to account for him and maybe you know for a guy like McKinnon he only needs like a millimeter extra space to potentially burst through the seam yeah. there so that's obviously very valuable yeah and he's been on pace for fifty goals I mean a lot of players are this year but still yeah, I think like, it, through the NHL history only one Swede has scored fifty goals and that's Hawk and Lube so that's mm. I mean considering like like where he is right now it's yep. it's pretty impressive yep um the stars the horse shit the horse shit stars yeah um that's mm. a tough one because you know miro heiskanen um yeah. is their all-star i he's been impressive and i think like you know especially considering he's a rookie defenseman but i don't think the fact that he's been impressive as a rookie defenseman should get him on the all-star team because this isn't a, an award for the best rookies in the league. This is the, this is the best players in the league. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to argue that he's been one of the best defensemen as impressive as he's been relatively speaking, you know, especially playing with us, Adela on that top pairing while Klingberg was out. Um, he really got exposed a little bit as any young defenseman would. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder like, is it because they don't have enough defensemen from the central division that 
because as you mentioned, like there's a lot of good forwards. Yeah. Because otherwise, I, you know, Sagan or Radulov would have been my pick. Yes. Yeah. Or even, I mean, can can we get like uh, Ben Bishop and Anton Hudobin as a as a <laughs> as a hybrid combination where they just alternate? Because I think, you know, they the stars are. This is, seems crazy to say after all those years where they were so good offensively and they just kept losing because of yeah. Kari Lettinen, but they're eighth and five on five save percentage and they're sixth overall. And the reason they're in a playoff spot right now, or at least hovering around that bubble, is mostly just because they're goaltending. I mean, both guys have over a nine twenty save percentage, and yeah, that's crazy. So maybe we can get a uh, sneak those two guys in as one. Yeah, at least two players on the team that are not horseshit. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, the Minnesota Wild. This is a tricky one because I would have said Matt Dumba, and he would have yeah, been, he would have been a defenseman absolutely. for this division, so that could have made more sense. But he's but out. he's out, yeah. and he's you know he's been out for a while. Otherwise, it's like I, I love Mikael Granlund. You know, he's hovering around a point a game. I think he's awesome. I, yeah. I wish he would shoot the puck more sometimes. Yeah. Um, but he's a terrific playmaker. Zach Parise. Yeah, bounced back pretty good from the injury, but still. Well, he's he, so I think he's mostly like a. I mean, listen, he's been great. He's been over, around a point a game as well. He's probably going to score 35 goals this year. Um, I think it's mostly, though, like, it is a great story because he had, like, that crippling back injury, which could have yeah. potentially messed him up for life, not just as a hockey player. And, um, you know, he might have the most productive individual season since 2009-10, which, you know, for a guy yeah. as old as he is, That's you impressive. generally don't expect it a decade, this year a decade later. Stole, yeah. Exactly, right? So I think he's an interesting story. But, yeah, the Minnesota Wild don't really have a uh, – they're similar to Vegas. What I like, I like them as a team. Yeah. But you know, with guys like Granlin, Parise, Zucker, Stahl, like it's kind of all those pieces fit together to create something better than yeah, more scoring by committee than anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd say Dumba too. He's and also because he's fun to watch. Like yeah. I think yeah, he would have been uh, fun in this three on three. Side. Yeah, yeah, because he's like uh, you never know what's gonna happen when he's on the ice. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm trying to think of someone, but. I'm coming up them there. Yeah. Well, I think we I think we uh, we outlined all the names there. Yeah. Like, you know, you can much. take a pick of of Granlin or Parisi, I think. Like they have Devin Dubnik as their representative right now and you know, he I don't think he's been uh, nearly good enough to be an all-star. I think it's similar to what you said with Heiskanen where like they needed a goalie and yeah. so they just put him in there. But I think if you put Ben either Ben Bishop or Anton Hudobin from the Stars as their representative instead, then you have a goalie there. You don't need Devin Dubnik. You can pick one of these other more deserving forwards. Yeah, no, that's true. Look at the Predators. So they're tricky because they have a lot of all-stars. Yeah. But a lot of them have missed too much time to be all-stars, right? Yeah. I think Subban, Arvidsson, and Forsberg have all missed at least half of the season so yeah, far. Yeah, pretty much. Which I think it's... When a guy's played 20 games, I think it's pretty tough to say he's been an all-star. Yeah. And Ryan Johansson? Ryan Johansson's been good. He's their leading scorer, obviously, and he has, especially with Forsberg out, you know, and, and Arvidsson, he... I mean, for a while there, as much as I like Fiala... Um, that top line was Kevin Fiala, Ryan Hartman, and, and Ryan Johansson, right? So, like, it's not like he had a lot of help there, and, and he was no. doing just fine. So he's been carrying that offense. So I wouldn't mind that at all. You know, they obviously have Roman Yossi as, as uh, the representative, and, and I think from an exciting excitement entertainment purpose, you have to have him in because he's probably yeah. one of the most exciting defensemen to, to have in this three-on-three setting. But I think, I don't know if this is a hot take, but Matthias Ekholm has been their best defenseman this season. Yeah, uh, if you look at 
like the whole game. Yeah. But as you mentioned, an entertainment factor. If well, Matthias Ekholm can be pretty entertaining, especially when he's pissed off. Well, like, that's the thing. I, I think power forward Matthias Ekholm. Yeah. I think we should induct. <laughs> I should, we should put him in this list as a forward. <laughs> yeah. And just get him out there bullying people down. down yeah. Home. And uh, especially if he's pissed off and just hitting people and cross checking people in the back, he can be really mean. Like I, I remember last year I was in Toronto for a game and uh, we we watched uh, the Predators and people like turned me like. Oh my God, Matthias Ekholm, he's the nastiest Swede I've seen since Ulf Samuelson. It's like, <laughs> wow, because he's the nicest guy outside ice. But I, I, I know, like, uh, as soon as he, as he's, he's got a pretty hot temper. So yeah, yeah. No, he's having a great season. Probably the best season of his career for sure. Yeah, well, especially offensively, you know. Yeah. But, but I think, um, especially with Subban not missing so much time. Yeah, he finally got to play some on the power play. Yeah, but he's also, I mean, he's been playing with Dan Hamus, who obviously isn't the type of player he used to be before. That's so it's true. not one of, one of those things where, like, you know, Ellis and Yossi are a pairing and they get to play together. And yeah. You never know how to separate who's carrying the load there, who's more no. valuable. Whereas, you know, Ekholm and Subban have been so good ever yeah. since they've been united. But now that Subban's been out of the lineup, you kind of get to see. Ekholm spread his wings and show that he can be a dominant sort of singular force by himself. Yeah, yeah, and he's a he's a funny case because like when he was younger, he was like one dimensional offensive player, and he came over to Nashville. They put him in the in the AHL for a few years, and suddenly he's this great two way defenseman. So whatever yeah. they're doing down there in Milwaukee Admirals, it's it's clearly working. Yeah, oh, especially with developing defensemen, I think uh, the oh, Predators' yeah. the Predators system has been pretty good. Um, the Blues, you know, they have Ryan O'Reilly as a representative. I'm okay with. Uh, yeah, I don't not think having, anyone is. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's been clearly the best player. He has, but I'd, I'd also be okay, you know, with some of these other names we mentioned, and the Jets. Or I have a couple guys coming up. Yeah, like if you wanted to have the Blues with no representatives, just to uh, to make the numbers work. Yeah, I would be okay with that. Yeah, because, me too. Like I said, when a team is having the type of season they're having, especially how disappointing it's been. Yeah, uh, like we all had high expectations for them. I don't think anyone thought that the Blackhawks or the Kings would be great. I think people thought the Blues could potentially push the Jets up there atop the Central and 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 the and the Predators, and they're one of, been one of the worst teams in the league. So it's uh, it's pretty bleak. Yeah, no, uh, not even Tarasenko has been good. So that that tells. Well, us yeah, something. he's been in trade rumors. I mean, he's been bumped down the lineup. Like, yeah, yeah. it's been a season from hell from them. So I'm okay skipping skipping them out. Um, the Jets. They've got Wheeler and Shifley. Kind of speaks for itself. Yeah, they probably could have had Lina too. I mean, he's yeah. been. I mean, he's Lina. He's gonna like one of these weeks. He's gonna score ten goals, and then he's gonna go ten games straight yeah. without scoring. So, but it'd be fun to watch him in this setting, especially if you put him next. Like, let's say you, you know, you paired him up with I don't know who's who's the best uh, pure playmaker in this division. Johansson, I mean, or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you you put him with Patrick Patrick Kane. You put him like yeah. you put him with any combination, or you just go like. We just go down the ice and just basically be like sliding all the way in a one-time position, just waiting for the puck to get to you. Like I'd, I would pay to see that. Yeah, and just see him in his skills competition with his like precision, precision shooting would be interesting too. Like uh, you've seen him score some crazy goals. I just remember when he played in Helsinki and he just oh, those when he scored that hat trick, like yeah. just amazing goal scorer. Yeah, I mean he's he's, he's capable of uh, stuff with the puck coming off his stick that pretty much no one else. Yeah, in like my memory. No, I don't even think Ovechkin has been like. Obviously, Ovechkin is more about power, but yeah, he's not as much of a precision guy. No, like when Line is on his game, he's like a twenty percent. Yeah, coaches. yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's the, the prime Steven Stamkos territory. Um, yeah, I, I would have considered Dustin Bufflin um, for the Jets yeah. as well, but obviously now he's out and. Yeah, and there's no hitting in the All Star game, I guess. <laughs> That's true. Although he's he's no, really he's fun to watch, anyway. especially yeah, in that three on three setting. You know, like he's uh, he can get definitely get up and down the ice. Yeah. 
Um, okay, let's um, let's move on to the east here. So let's All do right. the, let's do the Atlantic because you know we have forty guys. Um, you know, it's ten per division, and yeah. so there's forty total uh, all stars technically. I think like you could make a case that twenty of the best forty players this season have been in the Atlantic Division, which is 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 pretty twenty crazy players from the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> just go up and down the roster. Yeah, some of their <laughs> some of their uh, AHL guys. Yeah, <laughs> NHL All Stars. No, um, Danik Bartel. It's it's remarkable because obviously with like with the Bruins, the Lightning, and the Leafs, but then even the uh, even the Panthers, as disappointing as they've been this season. I mean, you can make a case where we're going to get into them, but like four yeah. guys on that team, yeah, probably, and that are probably more valuable than like anyone we just mentioned from Minnesota or yeah. or, or some of these other teams that have been better than them, but the individual star power hasn't been as good. So. Yeah, the Atlantic Division. It's this is going to be the toughest one to actually pick ten guys because yeah. we could go pretty much anyway. So let's go with Boston. I mean, is there any way that we can not have all three of the guys in that top line? Like, I guess you could make the argument not to have Bergeron just because he missed so much time. Yeah, but other than that, oof, Pasternak has been great. Marchand oh, yeah. might not be scoring as much as he did last year, but he's I think still he's still, he's still he's over still, a point a game, I believe. Yeah, like, yeah he's he's definitely turned it on um, of late. And yeah, I mean those three guys like that. I think you should just have them, the three yeah. of them out there yeah. as as a as a three man team. Yeah, and you can really need a defenseman have, with that. No, because you would have you would have the puck in offensive zone all the time yeah. anyway. Yeah. No, I think that's along with obviously the the McKinnon line, it's it's uh the most, pretty much most exciting line in hockey. And they just keep on going. Like I don't know, like the Bruins. What what else do they really have? Like Krejci oh, is a perfectly fine player, yeah. Brusque, but still, it's like it's the it's the line that carries the whole team. Yeah, I think I'd be much more down with the All Star game if we just got Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand versus McKinnon, Ranton, and Alanis Gog. Just oh, have those guys wow. play until they get yeah. tired. <laughs> <laughs> That's sexy. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I think all th- all three of those guys have to be on it but then obviously if you have those three forwards like like they currently only have Pasternak of the three as an all-star right and I get it just from a logistics perspective because you know we're gonna get like let's get into the Leafs right now so they only have uh they have Tavares and Matthews left Mitch Marner off he's one of the top scorers in the league and I think Morgan Ryan was on on some kind of uh list yeah for the for the for the vote for the final vote to get on as well and you know he's been top three in defensive scoring all year and and I think Frederick Anderson's Anderson's been their most valuable player absolutely like obviously he's injured right now but but how could you not pick him like he's been I mean if there was like a Vecina voting right now I, I have to think that he would be at least top five no, uh, the top three, I think, right top up three, there. Like, I think yeah. I think Gibson's running away with it, yeah. but then I think you know you'd have him right up there, and and so it's crazy because yeah, you you all of a sudden. So we have Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Riley, Anderson. Yeah, that's basically that's five, yeah, guys. five guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So then we've got Pasternak, Bergeron, and Marchand all have to be on there. Yeah. It's eight guys. Eight. <laughs> and then we haven't we even haven't mentioned the Lightning. We have six of the other teams, and the Lightning probably deserve more guys on the team than any of yeah. those teams. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, I, I do think I, – I think um, – but Marner for sure. Marner's been their most val- and, most valuable skater. Yeah, and also from the entertainment purpose, yeah. I would take him over both Matthews and Tavares actually. Definitely over Tavares. I think Matthew, watching Matthews just in terms of some of his puck handling and and his shot that could be a fun um, thing to have out there. But yeah, I, I think 
you know, Tavares is an awesome player, yeah. and he's having a great season. I don't think he's like the sexiest no. player to watch from an entertainer. He just gets the job done. Yeah. And I think Marner is obviously just such an electrifying player, but also just in terms of what he's done with his playmaking and sort of giving Tavares yeah. that passer to play with him, we've seen the how great of a combination it's been. Yeah. And so I think it's crazy that, I mean, obviously Leafs fans have been up in arms about it, and, and I don't think uh, anyone needs, I don't think Mitch Marner needs two other guys to uh, be you know singing his praises and, and starting a public campaign to get him on the All-Star team, but <laughs> no. he's got enough love already, but yeah. he deserves to be on. So the only one is happy is Kyle Dubas, because that's at least one thing that he wanted be holding against yeah. him when, he comes when it's time to... He yeah, comes into negotiations. Uh, you're <laughs> oh, sorry, you're not an all-star. That's going to be no 10 million bucks for you, buddy. It's true. Okay, so but so we, we've got eight guys we mentioned from those two teams, right? Then we get into the Sabres. And I think Eichel and, and Skinner. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So, okay, so we filled out our 10 and we haven't even gone... So are the Lightning their own division or...? Yeah, <laughs> the Lightning division. But it's or crazy me- because... I mean, yeah, I think I think Eichel and Skinner. I mean, Eichel's obviously injured right now, but he's yeah. still played enough this season. He's only missed the past couple of games. Like, yeah, and he's been fun to watch. And he's amazing like he's to watch in this setting as well. Time, yeah, yeah. So he's not been scoring very much, but uh, still like creating a lot of things. And I mean, Skinner, as we mentioned before with Lindholm, just getting just getting that really good player to play with, and yeah. suddenly he's realizing uh, just another potential well he's, he's he's also so fun to watch from his like his, his, his skating perspective yeah. as well right so he'd be great to have in this setting and then you know you get into um you get into the panthers and i'm looking right here they've only got yeah they, the, the panthers only have keith yandel as their representative yeah that that also has to be something like okay we badly need a defenseman because even well, though he's but, been perfectly fine i could think of a lot of different guys who would deserve well yeah i mean in this more. division i mean you've got you know thomas shabbat makes a lot of sense as yeah. ottawa's representative and then you know morgan riley's not on this team but exactly. we think he should right but i think yandel's has also been you know that panthers team has been such a mess defensively and um at five on five and their goaltending with luongo being out of the lineup and reimer not being very good but that power play has been one of my favorite things to watch this year with you know you've got yandel out there you've got barkov huberto dadanov um Hoffman, Hoffman. Yeah. and all five of those guys are threats to shoot pass yeah. the pucks just flying back and forth um and they've been right up there with you know the winnipegs and the tampa bays of the world in terms of how good their power play has been yeah. and it's been so fun to watch and so it seems weird to say because the panthers aren't probably not going to make the playoffs and they haven't been that good but that's mostly because the back half of their roster is so bad yeah i think the top half has been as good as any in the league right so i think like you know you got to have barkov on this team yeah which he's not unfortunately I think Huberto has really had a breakthrough season. I think he's been remarkable. And then you can have your pick between Hoffman and, and Dadanov, but both guys have been good. So yeah. it's yeah, it's a numbers it, game. Are, yeah. are you, I, I know you were kind of sketched, sketched out when I told you that I think 20 of the best 40 guys have been in the Atlantic <laughs> Division. I'm buying into this now, yeah. The Red Wings, I think Dylan Larkin's the only one you can make a case for. Yeah, but I, think we could, I think we could skip him as well. Like I think, if, yeah, if, based on some of these other names. Yeah. The Habs... So their representatives carry a price, which is hilarious because he's been, <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> he's literally been, oh, I think, their yeah, most negatively the impactful player. In his career, yeah. Oh, well, I guess he's been better since he came back after injury, but, oh, no. I mean, well, see, especially the, in, I mean, from entertainment value, I love to see Jonathan Druan in, in a setting like this. Yeah, yeah, I would as well. Um, I mean, the goalies in this division are, are Jimmy Howard and Carey Price. And, uh, you know, Howard's been really good for, for Detroit, but I think like Freddie Anderson clearly 
should be on here. And then I guess we have Vasilevsky, right? Like, yeah, those are, those are the two best goalies in the division. Yeah. So it's the all-star game is apparently not for the best players. Well, it's a popularity contest and it's also yeah. getting all, all 31 fan bases involved in some capacity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the Habs, I think Drouin would be really fun. I'm Max Domi's obviously had yeah. an awesome season. Um, Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie's been really good. Yeah. And, and they've been, they've been, I highlighted them in the preseason as I, I, I didn't think they'd be this good, but I thought they'd be much more fun to watch than they were in the past. And I thought they'd be much better offensively. Cause if you looked at it, like all of their guys had horrible uh, shooting percentage seasons yeah. last year. And I just thought like, you know, they're probably going to get a little bit better and more goals will come and they will be more fun. And if Carey Price is good, I think they'll be really good. And Carey Price hasn't been good, but they've they're been good as a on team. The playoff team, yeah. Basically. And they've been yeah. they've been really fun to watch. They're I've watched a couple of their games recently, um, like the divisional games, and yeah, there was a game against Tampa Bay there, and you could tell like I don't think anyone wants to play them just because they have like so much speed and and it's tough to describe like the you know with guys like Brendan Gallagher like they just no one no one wants to play against them right like they're 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 so annoying because they're skilled enough to make the fact that they're kind of pests even more yeah. annoying right and i guess you have to give uh, Claude Julian some love too because i mean he had a bit of a rough time there at the end of, of the Bruins era and yeah. obviously he, when he took over the Canadians they were pretty much a, a wreck but uh he's uh, i mean he's proved once again what a good coach he is for- yeah i think he's right now i mean if you're doing a a Jack Adams list like he's yeah, he might not be, be number one, but he's he's definitely like a top three finalist. Yeah. So, what what do you think about uh, Jack Adams? Like, because mostly it goes to like the coach that has, you know, taken a surprise team, the worst like, team to worst team the to highest heights. Like, yeah. There's always like that kind of thing, but I mean, this year a guy like Young Cooper. I mean, obviously with the team he has, but still. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think obviously, and we typically see this: the guy who's. Uh, Whose team has the highest PDO usually <laughs> usually wins it? Randy um, Carlyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Barry Trotz would fit. Yeah, that argument. Sure. But I do think, um, like, I'm I'm much more of a believer in the Islanders than some other people are. I don't think they're they're probably not. I mean, they might not be a playoff team, but like, they're clearly exceeding expectations from what people thought they'd be in the summer, right? Yeah. And I think he's clearly had an impact defensively on on both the goaltending and sort of what they're giving up yeah. in front of those goalies. And so I think. It's for a lot of these guys, like with John Cooper, I believe he's an awesome coach. The track record's there. The team is winning so much. I can't, you can't tangibly point to how valuable he's actually been to how good the Lightning are. No. With Barry Trotz, like the team is pretty much the same. I think arguably the roster is worse. They got rid of Tavares and they added Val Filippola and Leo Komarov and and Matt Martin. Like, I don't (laughs) think anyone thought they'd be better. No. And you could tangibly point to last year versus this year and go, this is what an actual NHL coach means to this team, right? So that's the tricky part. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to have John Cooper there, obviously, uh, I don't think too many people are going to quibble with the fact that, what are they, like 36 and 7 or something this season? Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, The Ottawa Senators, Thomas Shabbat, I think Mark Stone. Yeah. Um, Matt Duchesne yeah Matt Duchesne's really been an awesome season as well I mean I mean, Mark Stone would be kind of fun to watch because uh, he's so good in that neutral zone area and so much of this three on three competition is sort of that transition game right you're kind of going back and forth and I, I'm sure he'd make some stuff happen and he'd probably have a couple notable uh, takeaways in the neutral zone that would lead to a breakaway the other way and so I think he'd be a fun player to watch in this setting um, so I would have him in there but I, like I mean the forward competition in this division is so insane that yeah. I see why uh, why he's not on there. But yeah, I mean, 
Shabbat, obviously he's injured now, and I'm not sure if he's even going to be healthy enough to play, but when he's been on the ice, pretty much both teams are just scoring at like historic rates. So <laughs> yeah, it's he's, great. he's a pretty good player to have in this setting. Yeah, he's like a uh, young Eric Carlson in yeah, a sense because he really like, is. It's, he's all over the ice and it, there's stuff happening all the time. So, I mean, as we mentioned, from an entertainment value, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Um, the Lightning. So they've got Kucherov and Stamkos. I think Braden yeah, Point has to be yeah, our I think, team. I, I think I would have picked Braden Point over Stamkos. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's been more valuable. I mean, Stamkos... Um, really had a little resurgence recently Absolutely. here around the holiday break with yeah. like he was scoring so many goals and yeah. it's good to see that back because he was a great player last year for them but he looked like he'd kind of been transitioning into a different part of his career yeah. where he's more of a playmaker exactly and so now he's scoring a lot of goals and that's great to see but I think yeah I think Braden Point especially from the two-way perspective is a more valuable player and, and has had a better season yeah although he does get to play with Kucherov full-time yeah <laughs> which is uh, a good thing it's a really good thing no but uh Oh, there's so many players on that team that I like, but uh, oh, I think it's surprising to be. I think people would be surprised not to see Victor Hedman on this team, but I think I think it's fair that he's not on. Like as good as the yeah, Lightning has been, been I, I don't think and, I don't think anyone would point to Victor Hedman's season this year and go like he's has to be on this team. He's been no. that amazing. Like he's more of a name than actual. Like he's been fine. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, Morgan Riley's been better. You know, yeah. like Thomas Shabbat has had a more Yeah, I don't season. think we're going to see him, like, in the Norris conversation no. this year. Well, he um, got it last year. Yeah, so yeah. he's, he's, he's done. Yeah. Uh, and Ryan McDonough's been perfectly fine and much better player than he was last year. So, uh, yeah, there's so many players on that team. Yeah. Well, we could have it. I mean, it really could be, you know, the Lightning versus the League, you know. Yeah. Have, uh, <laughs> North America Maybe that's versus the, the future, world. like the, the Stanley Cup champions against the uh, other teams. That'd be kind of fun to watch, actually. Yeah. Cool with that. Um, we already did the Leafs, right? Yeah, pretty okay, much. So, Metro Division. All right. The Hurricanes, Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, by a mile, I think. Like I think he's say. in that conversation, you know, I was saying earlier about Pedersen and how, you know, I think it goes McDavid and then I think yeah. it's Pedersen in terms of, like, what he means to the team from a watchability perspective. Exactly. Like, if you took Ajo off of the Hurricanes, I, 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 I shudder to think about what would be left. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other players, but I mean, Teravainen. Yeah, I, but has, he, has anyone ever said, I'm going to tune in tonight to watch <laughs> Table Teravainen play? Probably like not I, since the World Juniors. Yeah, uh, I think it's been a while. Like, he's, an, he's a, a great young player, yeah, but I don't think but he's like no. the type of exciting individual talent. No, no, like, I mean, they have good defensemen there, but I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not tuning in to see Jacob Slavin either, yeah. either, even though he's a really good defenseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, Ajo by a mile. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else really here. Um, the Blue Jackets. The Blue Cam Jackets. Atkinson is their representative, and, and yeah, you know he's been I'm, had a great okay season with that. Yeah, he's. I mean, I think Artemi Panarin would be incredible to watch in this. Yeah. in this setting, and he's obviously had a very good year himself. Like that top line. Like that's the thing. It, it, it's. It would be is fun to Dubois watch. Did they play with or? yeah, Dub- yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. he's been great as well. Yeah. It, so it would be really fun. I don't know what logistically how you would make it work in this tournament. Where it's like you just pick the best, however many top lines, and you have them play against each other. But like, I think that would be more just because you just from that like kind of chemistry yeah. perspective and sort of that you know like you, I think you'd see much more competition. Yeah, and just the two way perspective as well. Yeah. Like you would think that because Boston has Bergeron that they would have an advantage, but yeah, I never know. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's tough leaving Artemi Panarin off this list, and then you know Seth Jones missed the start of the year, but he's obviously. Um, yeah, he's amazing. An excellent player, and he'd be really fun to watch here. Um, yeah, Bobrovsky hasn't had the type of season. He's been better of late, but, you know, the goalies here are Holtby and Lundqvist, and I'm okay with that. Um, 
I don't think there's anyone. Oh, I mean the Islanders. It's kind of tough because, like Leonard and, and Grice have been. Yeah, Leonard and Grice have been the two best goalies in this division. <laughs> yeah, um, basically. How do you? I guess kind of like what we said with Hudobin and, and Bishop. Can we? Uh, can we like jam them into one and, and just have them alternate? <laughs> that would be a big goalie. Yes. <laughs> the Grice Leonard clone. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm really happy to see the season Leonard's had. Yeah, especially with what he's gone through, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, kind of redemption for all the the bad things that has happened to him. So yeah, I'm happy too because I, I think this means that he can prolong his NHL career. And just well, he kind of bet on. I mean, he didn't really bet on himself because I don't think there was a market for him based on how he had played recently. No, but you no. know, he we got that one year deal worth pretty yeah. much nothing, relatively speaking, from the Islanders. And if he keeps playing this way, I think he's going to earn himself a nice little uh, multi year contract, which is great to see. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, he's been great, and I mean, Grice has been equally good. Yeah. So, so that's good quite, for it's tough to kind of separate those two guys, right? Yeah, and you, it's interesting. I mean, Grice was really bad last year, but how much of that was like the team didn't play defense at all? Like, yeah. I guess you can see a correlation there. Yeah. No, it's true. Well, and it's weird because I, Grice has been so much better this season. Yeah. And Halak has been amazing in yeah, Boston. Yeah, in Boston. Yeah. That's and true. so it just makes me makes makes me think that it was more so what was going on in front of them. And I, and I think watching it, like, it's yeah. pretty clear yeah. they had, they <laughs> yeah, had no was... defensive plan, right? No. But it's kind of I think whenever we talk about uh, goalie numbers and defensive play like it's really tough to separate those two like what's causing what yeah and obviously a good goalie or a goalie like playing like john gibson's playing will make the defense in front of him look a lot better than it is um but at the same time there's only so much you can do and we're seeing yeah. how much better everyone involved has been this year now that there's actual nhl coaches involved and not the doug wade jack capuano combination <laughs> exactly and i mean some goalies really thrive in that kind of situation where they're kind of hung out to dry and yeah. then when they play on teams where they're actually not. They they tend to not do as well. So it's it's kind of a gamble that way. Yeah, you too. never really know how it's gonna work out. Um, with the Rangers, Lundqvist, I'm okay with. Like his numbers have kind of dipped now, just because it's oh, such yeah. a mess in front of him. Yeah, like we were just talking about really the Islanders, but it's like, the fact that he's like at the start of the year they were kind of winning more games than people thought, and they were hovering around the playoff bubble, and you know they've come crashing back down to earth. But the fact that they weren't immediately the worst team in the league like they've been the past month or so is a testament to just how yeah they actually lost to the coyotes five nothing the other night so that tells well you and something. i think the shots were like 35 to 10 it's or something at one point right like it's yeah i mean it's not nothing new for lundquist and you know clearly at this stage of his career he can't um hold up as well for as long no as he could in the past but um you know he's still so good and it's a shame like i think he's I think he's loving life, living in New York and, and making a bunch of money and being exactly. super sexy and, and all that. But I think, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm sure he's perfectly happy regardless of some of the tantrums you see on the ice. So I don't think he's in a rush to move or, or play with a different team. But it is like as a fan, it's just kind of like heartbreaking, yeah, right? Like wouldn't you love to see him playing on a good team trying to win a Stanley Cup? Because I think he's still capable of contributing. Absolutely. And uh yeah, it's it's a messy situation. I mean, he he turns what thirty seven yeah, in so. March, and yeah. uh, obviously he's even though he's still good, and Roberto Longo has shown that you can actually be good uh, way up. Uh, I mean, he's almost forty, right? Yeah. So so there's still time, but uh, I don't know. Like, I think the Rangers are probably a few years away, and uh, I don't think Lindquist has a few years left. So yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of sad. 
Yeah. Wow, that was depressing. Yeah, I, I feel I feel I um, feel the, bad for the Flyers. That. Like this is a very wait. So for the Islanders, we we, we skip past it because. I'd be okay with either of those goalies, to be honest, being on it. Like, yeah. I think Leonard is a great story. Um, you have to have Barzal in this, in this three-on-three. Like, he's, yes. If yes. you're picking a list yes. of players you want to have on, he's like, how, oh, like yeah. how many names do you get through before Matt Barzal comes up? Like, four or five? Like, he's... Top, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, he's he's clearly one of the most exciting players. Just the way he skates and, you know... I mean, he, he I mean, obviously, this year he's been put in another role because Tavares is not around anymore. But I still think, he, I mean, of late he's been great and um, obviously uh, just a dynamic player in so many ways. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, so fun to watch the puck. Yeah, 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 for sure. And especially, you know, with all due respect to um, Anthony Beauvillier and, and, and Josh Bailey, yeah. I, um, you know, if he's, I don't know, if he's playing with Taylor Hall and, and, uh, Whoever else in this, in this <laughs> whoever with Claude Giroux and Taylor Hall, like I would love to see Matt Barzal play with those guys, right? So, um, okay, we're gonna blast through Fires and Devils. Uh, it's Taylor Hall and, and Claude Giroux, respectively, and no issue there. They've clearly, I mean, they're they're the most valuable players, and yeah, there really no isn't doubt. anyone else that you would even consider on either of those teams. So no, it's, it's okay disappointing in a way because I mean both teams seem to be headed in the right direction, and then everything is derailed this season. Yeah, yeah, and goaltending is for the most part with both those teams yeah. and uh yeah it illustrates how important that is okay um the penguins and the capitals um you know it's kind of yeah we're not gonna break any ground like it's it's you know it's the penguins and the capitals they've got the top guys that yeah, have been the top too guys. many top guys so i guess we have to i don't i don't think so i think no i think i'm perfectly okay with um Although, yeah, I guess Ovechkin um, he's saying he's not going to go yeah. is, is makes it easier. He's clearly an all-star. You know, John Carlson's had an awesome season yeah. and much better than I thought he would. Um, and we'll still see how that contract looks a couple years from now and some of the decisions it forces them to make. But, you know, it's pretty clear that he's taken his game to another level and he's a Norris contender now and they're looking Absolutely. pretty smart for retaining yeah. him and not letting him walk. Um, I don't think, yeah, with the Capitals, like Kuznetsov missed some time. He's obviously great. Backstrom is still Nicholas Backstrom, but with the other names involved, I'm okay with them not making it on the All-Star team this year. Like, oh, I think, especially because Netsov would be remarkable to watch yeah. in this, more so than Backstrom, but um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I mean, Backstrom, he's always like been in the shadow of Ovechkin, uh, obviously, and never really got the chance to go to these events a lot so i would kind of i would feel that he has earned this, a spot but yeah. at the same time when it comes to watchability obviously kuznetsov is probably the funny funniest guy on the team yeah I mean, there's no one close to him so uh and we want this to be entertaining so yeah kuznetsov would be my guy with the penguins i mean you know crosby's their representative and i think um is he going though i think he will I think yeah. he, will. he hasn't said that he's not yet. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Um, oh, it could be another chapter in the Crosby election. <laughs> Although, yeah, Cros- I mean, Cros- let's not act like, you know, Crosby's yeah. got a, a moral ground here. He's he's also skipped this event before in the past. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, I know. But he's sure. been great this year. Yeah, and absolutely. he's I think he's uh, clawing his way into the hard trophy discussion because yeah. the Penguins have been playing much better. And I think Malkin's getting his points, but he hasn't really had an Evgeny Malkin type of season. No. Um, Crosby's been so so great and kind of you know Gensel's been playing when he just got Gensel paid um, and you know they've been alternating that third guy whether it's been Brian Rust or Dominic Simone or, or whoever and it doesn't ultimately really matter and no. kind of speaks to the greatness of Sidney Crosby yeah. so 
putting him in this tournament and getting him to play with any of these other guys we've mentioned is uh is going to be a blast and and i'm looking so, forward to it so i think so, chris letang yeah for sure he stayed healthy and how good he's been i think yeah. he should be one of the defensemen but you know seth jones and john carlson it's kind of tough to argue with with those two guys as being the two defensemen here yeah yeah i think so too like letang uh he amazes me in the way i mean you just look at the injury list that he's had and he's always seemed to find a way to get come back and be really good and it's just happy for him that he's finally healthy and i hope i don't jinx him saying that but uh he's he's a really exciting player to watch i think he's one of the more uh, exciting i mean defensemen to watch in the yeah. league when he's on his game for sure 100 percent there um okay Wilfred, let's uh let's get out of here we did uh we did an hour and 20 minutes wow we blasted through it wow that was long yeah but it was fun right yeah i yeah. feel like it yes except for the phone call here that's <laughs> true that's true i'm not sure if that's even uh gonna stay in the podcast or we might edit it out but yeah we got a uh, we got a little interruption there but we uh we made it work and i'm glad we finally got to do this hopefully yeah. um it's the first of many i know you're gonna be back here in town uh for the entry draft this summer so absolutely i'm looking forward yeah i i'm already falling in love with the city so i expect i'll be back a lot of times uh plug some stuff where can people find you what are you working on Give yeah so for uh, english speaking uh, we're both doing work for ap ringside uh, elite prospects uh, so i think uh, everyone who's interested in in younger players prospects uh, college players whatnot should should definitely go uh give it a yeah give it a read mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of talented writers uh, especially you um that are on Thank there you. so uh yeah you've already been on the podcast you don't need to butter me up and yeah but i want to come back you know ah, there you go <laughs> that's smart man no but during the world juniors i did some some work there yep. uh did some uh features on on swedish players and so on so that's probably going to be the things i do so if you're interested in reading more about swedish prospects uh i mean I, i'll put some stuff out there yeah, I mean, you you do a nice balance of uh, of English and Swedish tweets too. I mean, you haven't have you mentioned your your Twitter handle yet? Ed Uffe oh yeah, Uffe Budin. Yeah, U -F -F you do you do you do you do a good mix of uh, of English and Swedish. Although I, I'm I'm I prefer the the Swedish <laughs> I, uh, as as I've told yeah. Jonathan here on the podcast before. I mean, the, yeah, the, Google, the Google Translate, Translate. is uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't understand a word of Finnish, but I just love like uh, I, I don't know. Have you had Sammy Hoffren on? I haven't no, but I do no. follow him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, yeah. So I every time I just uh, Google Translate his tweets, they're all, like the most funniest. Yeah, like into Swedish and English, just wonderful words. So yeah, I, I completely get it. And yeah, uh, Google Translate, what a <laughs> what, what a, a device <laughs> yeah alright man well this is a blast um, everyone go check out uh, Ufa's work and uh, I'm looking forward to having you back on this summer hey thank you very much the Hockey Pediocast with Dmitry Filipovich follow on Twitter at Dim Filipovich and on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash hockey pediocast